How can we build more beauty in this world? How can we cultivate goodness in our neighborhoods? Because when we have that goodness and that beauty, our lives are so much better. We can experience the joy that God has always wanted for creatures. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. Do you ever think you have to look for God far away, high up in the heavens, out there somewhere? Our guest today shares the good news that God isn't up in the air. He's down here, on the earth, with us. One of my very favorite things is the very first time we see God in the Bible. It's in the Garden of Eden. And what is he doing? He's down on his knees in the mud, breathing into the soil, kissing the soil, making life. God is a gardener. Isn't that wonderful? God being a gardener is something our guest talks about a lot and knows a lot about. Our guest today is farmer, professor, theologian and author Norman Wiersber. Norman shares with us how the material world reflects God's heart of love for us and leads us to the supreme joy God has for all of our lives and what it has to do with our neighborhoods. Norman reminds me very much of Wendell Berry. Let me read to you from Wendell Berry's poem, The Peace of Wild Things. When despair for the world grows in me and I wake in the night at the least sound, in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water and I feel above me the day blind stars waiting with their light. For a time I rest in the grace of the world and am free. And this too from Wendell Berry. Odd as I am sure it will appear to some, I can think of no better form of personal involvement in the cure of the environment than that of gardening. A person who is growing a garden, if he is growing it organically, is improving a piece of the world. He is producing something to eat which makes him somewhat independent of the grocery business, but he is also enlarging for himself the meaning of food and the pleasure of eating. I can't wait for you to hear Norman's hope-filled, joyful perspective. He talks about gardening and farming and joy and the poignant central question we should all be asking of our lives and the one thing that is absolutely essential to all of our lives. I know his insights as a farmer and a theologian and his deep love of the land and animals will move you as much as they have moved me. So, without further ado, please welcome my friend and now yours, Norman Wersber.
My name is Norman Wurzba, and I teach at the Divinity School at Duke University. I grew up as a farmer in Western Canada, and so have always had a love for the land and for animals. And so one of the most exciting things about the teaching that I get to do is I get to talk with people, you know, people who are going to be pastors, but also people who will be teachers or working in community organizations, help them think about how important it is for us to understand the land as a gift to us from God and that the creatures that we live with are all expressions of God's love for us. So one of the things that's rather puzzling to me is that a lot of people think that to find God, you have to look away from the world, and that means looking up into the heavens that are far above us. And I think that's a little bit odd because one of the most striking things about God that's presented to us in Scripture is that God reveals God's love for us in the things that God makes. And so if you think about one of the really great stories in Scripture, it's one of the opening stories called the Garden of Eden, God is presented to us there as a gardener. God is on the ground, holding soil in God's hands, breathing into this soil, kissing the soil as a way of animating all of life. And God does the same thing when God makes plants and when God makes animals. And God is presented to us there as a gardener. And that one of the ways that God takes care of us is by gardening. And so we have to think then, if God so loves the soil that God wants to be that intimate with it, we also need to be intimate with the soil because the soil, the ground that makes plants grow, that feeds animals and people, that gives us all these beautiful scenes to look at and to enjoy, right? that's where God is constantly at work. So if we want to find God, I want to say, don't look up and away, look down and around, because God is constantly active, nurturing and feeding and protecting and celebrating a beautiful world, a good world, and we should learn to do the same thing. One of the things that I love doing with students is just asking them whether or not our existence on Earth is, is really deeply meaningful because a lot of these people, students, have grown up in, in churches where they say, look, it's all going to burn up in the end anyway. Our home is finally in heaven somewhere else with God. And I want to say to them, but if you look at Scripture, we find that God is constantly coming to be with us in our world. It starts with this gardening God who is with Adam and Eve in the garden, and it ends in Revelation with God descending to be on earth with mortals. So the idea that we could go somewhere else to be with God is a fantasy because God has always wanted to be with us. And the most powerful way that that gets described, of course, is in the New Testament when we are told that God becomes fully incarnate in the person, in the body of Jesus. And that's so important for us to believe because when we accept that God loves human bodies and all the bodies, the plant and animal bodies that we depend upon for our living, that changes the way we think about what the meaning of life is. Because rather than trying to escape this world to go somewhere else to be with God, we discover that it's more important for us to think and learn 
how to care, how to become members with this world and its creatures, because that's where God always is. And so the fellowship that we have with each other can also be a fellowship that we have with God here and now. And I think sometimes we, we recognize that because in this life that we have with others, we have these beautiful moments where we're sharing a meal or we're doing a project together that makes the world more beautiful. We sense the goodness of that shared time, that shared work. And that's, I think, what God is constantly asking us to do. How can we build more beauty in this world? How can we cultivate goodness in our neighborhoods? Because when we have that goodness and that beauty, our lives are so much better. We can experience the joy that God has always wanted for creatures. I think the thing that's important for us to recognize is that we live in an unprecedented time in human history where most of us don't have to grow our own food or hunt or forage our own food. We have grocery stores, and so we can go buy most everything that we need to survive. And it's important to state that that is so unusual in the history of humanity. We've always needed to grow, forage, or hunt our food, or fish our food. And so when we do that, we begin to understand that if we don't treat the animals well, if we don't take care of the soil by composting, by giving the land times to rest, we're going to wear down the land's capacity to provide the things that we need. If we clear-cut our forests, we're not going to have the wood that we need to make the things that we use in our homes, that build our homes even. Taking care of the earth was almost something that people understood intuitively because they were so involved in extracting the things that they needed. But when we live as people who primarily shop, we forget that. We forget that the world is something that is vulnerable and fragile, and we don't appreciate how we need to take care of the things that take care of us. Now, why does God want us to do that? Well, I think most of all, it's because God wants us to live the most healthy, the most well-fed, the most flourishing kinds of life that are possible for us to live. And we can't do that when we live in a world that has been so diminished and degraded and exploited. And I think a second reason why we do that is because we love things. We love creatures. We love the land and the forest and the streams, because God loves them, right? When we think about why God makes anything at all, it's pretty clear that the best reason we can give for why God creates is because God loves for something other than God to be. And this helps us understand that if God loves the world, who are we to think that we don't need to love it as well, or that in our loving it, we are somehow diminishing uh, the, the love of God that's being expressed through it. I think the most important thing for people to appreciate is that when we love creatures, when we love neighborhoods, when we take care of land, when we take care of plants, what we're doing is we're really bringing our love to God's love in the world, and we're participating in that love. And the most important thing for people to appreciate is that we all want to know what it is and what it feels like to experience the love going on around us. And that is not just something that is sort of optional in our living. 
it's absolutely essential. And the proof of that is try living without eating, try living without drinking, try living without touching or breathing. It's impossible to do. And so God created us in such a way that we always live with other creatures and living with other creatures becomes the possibility for us to be fulfilled in our own living. So I want to read just a little bit from the Jesus Storybook Bible right at the beginning called A Perfect Home because this is where we first begin to see how this world is a material expression of God's love. It reads, In the beginning there was nothing, nothing to hear, nothing to feel, nothing to see, only emptiness and darkness, and nothing but nothing. But God was there, and God had a wonderful plan. I'll take this emptiness, God said, and I'll fill it up. Out of the darkness, I'm going to make light, and out of the nothing, I'm going to make everything. Like a mummy bird flutters her wings over her eggs to help her babies hatch, God hovered over the deep, silent darkness. He was making life happen. God spoke, that's all, and whatever he said, it happened. God said, hello, light, and light shone in the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. You're good, God said, and they were. Hello, stars, God said. Hello, sun. Hello, moon. And whizzing into the darkness came fiery globes spinning round and around, whirling orange and purple and golden planets. You're good, God said, and they were. And God said, hello, animals. And everyone came out to play. The earth was filled with noisy noises, growling and gobbling and snapping and snorting and happy scurfuffling. You're good, God said, and they were. And God saw all that he had made and he loved them. And they were lovely because he loved them. We need more than ever at this particular time when people are, are fearful, they're scared, they're anxious. They need to have a deep appreciation for how much their own life, but also all the lives of this world, whether it's other human lives, animal and plant lives, all of it is the material expression of God's love. And that what God most wants for us and what God most wants for this world is that we be flourishing together, that we live in communion, and that in our sharing of life with each other, we can experience the love of God, which is the supreme joy of any life. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at sallylloydjones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Oh, hello, it's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. And the other thing is, 
while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.